colleagues, welcome to the fifth Global Ed Talk in a series that I know now many have enjoyed. Uh, my name is Anthony McKay. I am the CEO President of the National Centre on Education and the Economy. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Vicky Phillips. Vicky, welcome. Thank you. Let me just identify, not in great detail, the entire career, but you have had an enormous uh, period of educational leadership in this country, and I might say internationally. Uh, people will know you from some previous lives as Education Secretary, as Superintendent, uh, obviously your period with the Gates Foundation where you were Director of Education had such a significant impact uh, in this country, but again also globally. Uh, a period just recently of being CEO in residence at Educurious. But now, since the last few months, uh, you have been appointed as the Executive Vice President of National Geographic and National Ge Geographic's CEO for Education. A wonderful appointment. Um, let me start by asking you this. As you think about an organisation with a recognition level that is probably second to none for National Geographic, a hugely trusted organisation, and clearly with your appointment, is now putting education front and centre. And the way in which people are talking about this is the importance of global stewardship. Young people, all of us being stewards of our planet, uh, not just for survival, but for sustainability. Now, this is a remarkable agenda that you are now leading. Can you tell us a little bit about that agenda? How are you looking at the challenges of the next few years? Well, I feel very fortunate to be able to be at an organization like uh, National Geographic. As you know, I love doing work I'm inspired by with people I'm inspired by, and I've been able to do that over the course of my career. But what better place to put all of this amazing you know, content that only National Geographic can produce in all of the forms from storytelling to photography to great scientific and geographical content? Uh, what better use of our time than to try to put that in the hands of students and teachers in ways that are really useful and that help people understand the issues around our planet, that we need to protect our natural wild places, that we need to live smarter ourselves, whether that's how we're thinking about use of single-use plastic every day or, uh, you know, conserving water and, um, you know, taking care of the planet itself. So it feels like a very important uh, and worthy agenda to be involved in. That's a fantastic agenda, but um, becoming stewards of the planet, that is an uh, invitation to all young people that you're going to be extending. Uh, it's an incredible responsibility. And you talk about this as being the importance of developing empathy. What do you mean by that? Well, I actually think about, um, you know, wanting young people to empathize with what's happening on the planet right now, to understand what's happening to, you know, some of these beautiful, amazing animals that are out there, what's happening to our wild spaces, to be able to get exposed to nature and understand that. And yes, to develop empathy for the earth and then to think about what each of us can do as our individual and collective role to see that it's preserved not just for this generation, yeah. but for generations to come. Um, is this a call for uh, an exercise of young people's agency? Is this a call for them to become uh, activists or activated 
how do you actually, how do you think of the way in which uh, you, are, you are positioning the agenda of the National Geographic to reach young people and to give them a real sense of responsibility? Well, I think it's a call for those young people and the teachers who yeah. uh, support them to put to use all of not just their academic and learning skills, but also to put to use all of those contemporary skills that we talk about. Uh, collaboration, creativity, communication, uh, teamwork, as well as what I think of as community skills, which is being part of something that's larger than yourselves, respecting, having empathy for, and to be able to put those to a great use. And what greater use than to think about how um, you know, we are affecting our planet right now and the things that we need to do to make sure that this planet stays healthy for a long time to come. Think about it as, uh, as we like to say at National Geographic, at helping making sure our planet is in balance. So let me just be clear about this. That set of competencies for young people, and now we're having this conversation through OECD 2030 work. We've just had the OECD PISA that for the first time has attempted to assess global competence. Do you feel as if this is a moment in time? In other words, that, that the attention uh, to now uh, knowledge, skills, dispositions, attitudes, global competence, community skills that you've referred to, this is now something that is clearly on the agenda. Educators are embracing this. This is not narrow excellence. It is still very much about multiple outcomes. Um, and also literacy, numeracy, scientific knowledge, et cetera. But how are you thinking about these outcomes for young people? Well, it's definitely about holding high standards, right, that we've all talked about. Academic standards for students, literacy, mathematics for sure, but think about science and social studies as well. It's about thinking about those habits of learning that we want kids to gain so that they are lifelong learners. Yep. and. Uh, and those contemporary skills, because we know that students don't stay in the same job anymore. They might change careers and the world is changing and technology is changing so fast. We need them to have those um, contemporary knowledge. And then, as I mentioned, those community skills that enable them to contribute in their community and um, to understand why that is important. And from National Geographic's perspective, you know, marrying that set of outcomes with the amazing kinds of science and exploration work that National Geographic does and putting that in the hands of young people so that they understand their communities in much stronger ways and in fact understand things beyond their community. Um, that's just, um, as I said, I think work worth, worth doing. This, this is really interesting because uh, I think about the juxtaposition between that agenda and another that we've actually been promoting around the AI age and related technologies, right? And how you want to think about humanity in the context of AI and machine learning and robotics. So when you think about this territory, is this the opportunity for young people to think differently about not only their lives and their responsibility to the planet, but actually the opportunities they have to contribute to that through the world of work? I mean, on the one hand, we're saying the world of work is changing dramatically. On the other hand, you're saying, hey, there's a whole new set of responsibilities here. 
well, there's a new set of responsibilities, but there's also lots of new and intriguing kinds of careers, right? I think about the expedition that we have right now, National Geographic, up on Mount Everest, where they're putting the first ever weather station up there and bringing back new core samples. And so new science coming off that um, mountain. But I think about everybody who surrounds all those explorers and the variety of careers and think, wow, I bet many of our young people don't know that those things exist. And, you know, a great thing about National Geographic is all of the scientists and explorers and others that we have access to from a young woman who runs a submersible on one of the Lindblad ships to, um, you know, the explorers going up the mountains. So I think we, as National Geographic, can help expose working in partnership, because you know I never think yep. an organization can do this alone, yep. can help expose young people to not only great science and geographical content and knowledge, uh, coupled with those contemporary and community skills, but also to the kinds of careers and things they might not have imagined yeah. themselves in. Now, you've got a remarkable, compelling set of curriculum resources. Say a word about that, and how are you able to socialize that incredible asset? Well, right now we're taking the 131 years of assets that National Geographic has and obviously continuing to add to those. And we're putting those in a resource library and making it fully available to teachers. So at the moment, we've mapped all of the middle school curriculum in the US and uh, obviously some topics that are also applicable around the world. And we're starting to uh, match um, collections. So you might find a collection about volcanoes or a collection about migration or a collection about um, Egypt in that resource library if that's what you're teaching. So you can go to the National Geographic website and begin to find all of these lovely videos and infographics and scientific data and articles and other things in an area or topic that you might be teaching right at the moment that can both inspire your students and also help them gain additional knowledge around the world and help you have content at your fingertips. What's your distribution channel? So how is this getting out and about and who are some of your partners? Well, you can come to National Geographic's website right now for the right. beginnings of the library. We're going to build that out. But as you may know, we have uh, National Geographic Partners, which has our channel and our magazine. We also now have Disney, who is part of uh, the mix. So the collaboration between the National Geographic Society and uh, the Disney Corporation. And um, we have long had a publishing partnership with Cengage Learning, which is now McGraw-Hill. So there's a number of you know, distribution partners, right. but we also intend to work in partnership with a number of education organizations across the country from you know, up and coming education organizations and ed tech organizations to longstanding organizations like the National Center or the Council of Great City Schools or the Chief State right. School Officers. Because as you know, yep. while National Geographic may have one set of responsibilities, figuring out how to impact the system at every level is important and everybody needs in part to be in partnership in order to do that well. Now, the, the power of teachers in this equation has been something that you've championed uh, in your earlier leadership of districts and states, but also particularly through uh, the Gates work. You are again accessing teachers? Definitely. You know that is near and dear to my heart. Yep. And I think that nobody knows teaching like teachers. Teachers really... Um, see each other as experts. They're the experts that they trust the most. And so they are the ones who 
are um, you know, in a position to recommend great resources to each other, to collaborate in new and different ways around what's happening with their students. And I think the more we can connect teachers up, the more we can insert the kinds of resources that they find useful, um, the better um, lift we will be giving the whole system. Okay, let me just come back to planetary stewards, which is a fantastic way of capturing the compelling case here. I wanna play in the politics of education, the politics generally. So if we think about that position that we need to be able to support, create, develop, graduate stewards of our planet, how is that playing into the wider discourse? Is this now a discourse that you think can get traction in the public debate about education? You know, the issue is really around what do we know right now that science is telling us? Yes. What do we know that history is telling us? Yeah. Uh, how do we put that information in the hands of young people through and teachers through technology and other things? And so really being um, a planetary steward is having that kind of understanding and then deciding if you want to take individual action on it. So if you think about all of the young people around the world right now who are engaged in picking up the issue around single-use plastics, which yes. we know are going in our oceans yes. and destroying these beautiful marine animals. And so, you know, kids both want to understand uh, the science around oceans. They also want to know what they can do about things that are harming them. So I think when we think about being planetary stewards, everybody again gets to make their own personal decision. It's about putting information in, um, you know, young people in teachers' hands that's backed in science, backed in evidence, and then letting people make informed decisions and choices. And well, isn't that what we want for our young people? Absolutely. That we're not trying to be their total persuasion. We're trying no. to help them make good informed choices for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. This is all about learners uh, at the center of the enterprise of learning and developing their agency. But the question then becomes one of how hospitable is the current learning system to be able to support, enable, generate those outcomes for young people. So if you think about, I'm not now talking about the politics of education, that is part of the scene, but the rest is also about whether the system itself, the learning system we have at the moment, uh, is sufficiently hospitable for this agenda. So I'm thinking about the complexity that takes place at a state level, at a district level, when you think about all of the demands that we have, the big agenda that we have around learning, how you're trying to position it within, well, let me uh, ask you the question from the point of view of uh, the simple question, within the US education system, because you're operating particularly at the upper elementary, you've talked about the importance of the middle, middle school. school, so how are you yeah, positioning yourself? Well, I think the way we're positioning ourselves is as a support organization, right? That we have all of this amazing content that we can put into teachers' hands and that enable them to teach the next generation science standards, yep. the social studies standards right. in the country. That at the same time, we know that teachers and systems want to teach kids these contemporary skills. So really our resources are about enabling teachers and schools and districts to do what they are often already actually uh, talking about or obligated to. It helps enormously if you've got uh, a set of aspirations, uh, big, as you and I have talked about in other places, big audacious goals. Just to bring this to, together, 
What are these big goals? What will I see in five years' time if you're successful? Well, in five years' time, we would hope you would see up to a million teachers using National Geographic content. Right. And using that to, you know, power uh, kids' learning and engagement and to teach uh, the standards, um, the science and the social studies standards. Right. Um, and we hope that that content will help with literacy and other kinds of standards as well. We hope that you will see a lot more awareness among young people. For example, um, we have, in addition to our Geography Bee, we've now issued a challenge out to teams of students around the United States to, um, to do something called the Geo Challenge, which means we put a challenge in front of them and they find a solution. This year it's called Planet or Plastics. So kids are actually finding solutions to this plastics problem in their home, in their schools, in their community. So I would hope you will see a lot of young people who um, have gained a gr not just a greater awareness about the issues, but that they can actually take action and do something meaningful to change it and teachers who feel like they can turn to National Geographic for some of the best science, geography, social studies content um, on the planet. It's fantastic. Um, you've mentioned before partnerships. Uh, then this really is going to be a partnership endeavor. You've already mentioned all of the, many of the organizations that you're going to be partnering with, including our own. Um, but also, you've often talked about advocacy. What is the best way just finally to capture the advocacy message? How we think about advocacy? Yep. So for us, we think about issue advocacy. So is there an issue that's so important to education or to parents and kids and teachers that might also be something, be matched up to something that's hugely important to National Geographic? So our chief scientists and I have been talking about, for example, a screen to green campaign, yes. which would mean uh, lots of parents and teachers worried about how much time kids spend on technology, yep. and yet we are never going to move that technology away from them. 53% of 16 to 22-year-olds say they'd rather give up their sense of smell than to give up their technology. So that means technology is always going to be in young people's hands, but how might we use that technology to get them out into nature, to get them enjoying um, you know, what's out there and, um, and to be energized and engaged and wanting to protect it? So if you think about screen to green, that might be um, an example of an issue that National Geographic might work to put its voice behind. Vicki, I just think, uh, I think about the range of leadership roles that you've played. Uh, this one must be one of the most exciting and energizing for you. Uh, it just strikes me though, it has come at a moment where the future sustainability of our planet is about number one, right? So to have you in this role, and to be able to partner with you and to think about how this work can affect millions of young people, US and globally, is fantastic. Uh, I'm just going to embarrass you right at the end. Um, on the New York Times bestseller list, number four at this point is a book. Um, it's a book by uh, Melinda Gates. Do you know the name of the book? It's called The Moment of Lift, How Empowering Women Changes the World. Right. Well, I just want to acknowledge that uh, a number of remarkable women are profiled in this book, and you are one of them. Uh, that is a statement that I think is very significant, and you being in this role now is very significant. Thank you very much for being with us. Thank you.